looking for a show. My name is Josiah Leroy. I'm very excited to finally be here. If you don't know about the Geekiverse, we started writing as a blog last summer, so 2014. Uh, we love everything geek, whether that's video games, comics, movies, you name it, anything related to that. We talk about it, we're passionate about it, we're very excited to be here podcasting for the very first time here at the end of November. Um, that being said, I'm going to introduce my panelists and my, uh, my co-writers and teammates here, Jeff Pavlock, Lauren Leroy, a.k.a. Little Miss Funeral, <laughs> Austin Brunner, Brunner, Austin Brunner, you want to say, we just had a conversation about that, <laughs> and my longtime friend and former teacher, Peter. That being said, uh, we plan on doing this for a long time, uh, whether we're talking about comic books, uh, doing funny parody, parody videos, of course it's only subjective if it's funny or not. Uh, <laughs> But I wanted to go down the line and say kind of what got us into being a geek. What got us into geekdom, if you will. Um, starting off with the bat, or right off the bat, I was six years old. My dad took me to see Star Wars when it was in uh, theaters again. So they, they brought back the special 1997 editions of A New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. And that was it for me. That was a slippery slope, and I was gone. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge video gamer. Any, anything I just mentioned, comic books, you name it. Um, I I just love it. I could talk about it all day long, and that's why I, I plan on doing it. Uh, Jeff, is there a specific moment you knew that this is something you wanted to be a part of? Yeah, uh, it's a long it's a long time ago. Um, In a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> something like that. Um, probably had to be when I was about three and a half years old. Uh, parents took me into Toys R Us one Saturday night. And uh, I spotted the VHS for Godzilla vs. King Kong. That explains a lot. The 1962 <laughs> classic. Uh, you know, it was you know King Kong on the cover, beating his chest was cool and all, but the thing that grabbed me was Godzilla standing there shooting his atomic fire. Uh, I went home and watched it that night with my parents, and it was, it was love at first sight. Jeff is a huge Godzilla fan. <laughs> huge Godzilla fan. Easily the biggest other Geekiverse staff, I would say. I would say so. <laughs> um, that's a good story. <laughs> Lauren. Is there, a, is there a moment, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, or maybe a, an individual in your life that influenced you? you. <laughs> when you date a geek, you become a geek. So when you marry a geek, you become an even bigger You know, the, the site tagline is welcome to the Geekiverse, but, you know, that, that might be it now, so I don't know. <laughs> then we would all have to date geeks. And I am absolutely not married to a geek. <laughs> and being married to her for 28 years hasn't turned her into a geek. When I turn the channel, she goes to bed. That's, that's very surprising. Yeah. Like, that's Kate is well, one of the biggest geeks I know. We're different generational geeks. <laughs> Me and you guys. Different generational stuff. We're bridging the gap here today. But the first time that, that she and I ever went on a date, I took her to see Star Trek with, her, yeah, Star Trek with the whales. How about that? Okay. See? We remember that. Love it for a She's still married. She's still, she still married me. We were. We were that, was, that was our first day. <laughs> if you don't know, by the way, Adam, uh, Pete's son, is uh, is our camera guy. So, you know, we can maybe thank Star Trek for that. Uh, Austin, Austin Bruner, <laughs> is is there a moment that you knew? I, Austin's a big wrestling fan, folks. Uh, Maybe it was that, maybe it was something else. Anything that triggered that for you? Yeah, actually, well, the wrestling thing, that was uh, me and my cousin actually just got into it. So we would practice wrestling moves on each other. Don't try this at home. We didn't follow that rule. Uh, but yeah, we would we would watch wrestling all the time. We'd make our own little uh, rosters and pay-per-views and stuff like that. So 
from the wrestling aspect, it was my cousin. Uh, but as far as like geekdom, it was video games right off the bat. It was the Super Nintendo. Uh, my aunt actually had an Atari, so she's like, forget that Super Nintendo. Let's play Frogger on the Atari. Like, this is controversy already. Right. This is old as dirt. And stop doing that to me. And then I, uh, Zelda, I can't remember the name of the game now. It's going to drive me nuts this whole show. Super Nintendo, Zelda something. A Link to the Past. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> Link to the Past. If there's two things you can count on Jeff for, it's Godzilla references I knew and someone, every Nintendo game ever. Yeah. Yeah. I knew someone would get it for me, but that game and ruined Zelda, me. so there, it's got to have a Z in it for probably right. much. All over. There it. with an A, Z in there, it's, it's in my, I never it's my repertoire. <laughs> I think we're reaching on that one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, back to you, Pete. Any... Any moment that I, I don't you well, mentioned Star Trek. My my moments are so far away. Sometimes they're they're fuzzy to remember. Since like my my transition to geek happened decades before you were all born. Um, I I lived through Star Trek in its second run. Uh, its first run was was slightly before I was born. Um, the Star Wars. I was already in my teens by the time Star Wars came out. In in uh, in 1977, I was going to say 76. Um, so, you know, we didn't have the, the stimulus when I was growing up that you guys have. There was no MTV. There was no any of these kind of... Is there still MTV? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it missed so, us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I had comic books. That was what I had. So I was uh, even in my... In the 70s, I was a huge uh, Fantastic Four fan and Spider-Man fan. So that was the thing that I, that I think um, put me on the path where I am today. Gotta love it. Uh, I, I think it definitely has changed nowadays. It's And Jeff, you wrote a Fantastic Four uh, movie review for us, so I think that's I telling, which is cool <laughs> nowadays. That That's where we're at. Jeff, um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here as we're going on, but we talked about it a few weeks ago, actually, and he, he wrote an article on the website where if you want to be a cool kid... You have to go to Comic-Con. <laughs> and that's drastically different, obviously. Even just in our, our time with, with growing up, where it kind of was like, it was closet kind of cool to, to look at stuff Very and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like expected, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe we're starting this at the right time. But uh, whether, whether it's Star Wars or everyone's got their favorite with Marvel and video games, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all cool. And TV, I mean, you've got DC and, and Marvel all over it with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, you've got Gotham on TV, Arrow, Flash. It goes on and on. Supergirl, it's really changed. I think you guys probably agree, at least our time it has as well. Absolutely. Certainly. Well, I th and I think that's because of the special effects have changed. It was very difficult to do decent superhero kind of stuff when the special effects weren't keeping up. It looked stupid. <laughs> and it doesn't look stupid anymore. It looks it looks excellent. Cinematically. It's a great point. I mean, Gotham, cinematically, is whether you like the show or hate the show, cinematically, it's beautiful. I agree. The art style on that show is crazy. Uh, it mixes modern with vintage, if you will. I don't know if that's the right term for it, but in the way it's shot and in this, the scenes between or basically transitions to where it'll show the city. Oh my gosh. It's spectacular. It's absolutely spectacular. Absolutely you're, gorgeous. You're getting theater experiences in the living room now. You are. And, and that's a good point too. Yeah. High definition TVs are the norm now. Yeah. It's not, 
you know, the sm- high def TVs even five, ten years ago were extra. They were treats, if you will. And now, you know, they're very affordable. Most people have them. Well, especially with Black Friday, I'm sure a lot of those <laughs> TVs were like 150 bucks. So. <laughs> That's true. So maybe you got a good yeah, Black Friday. If you didn't come out like pummeled after, <laughs> if you didn't, uh, <laughs> if you left with. Without a black eye, you were in good right, shape. That's what black and Black Friday is black eye. <laughs> black eye day, I think, is what it should be called. Um, judging or going back to that, is there a, a favorite? Now that we're for today's podcast, we we all brought our own chair. We had to bring our own chair to to film this. We we just got our studio in the the last two weeks here. Uh, we've been hard at work and getting this ready for everybody. Uh, so we each literally brought our own chair from our, our humble abodes at home. Is there a game or or movie that really stands out in your mind that that's your go-to, that that gets you excited about writing, talking about anything Geekiverse? Oh yeah, dude. Legend of Zelda, you know that, but um, <laughs> the one in particular for me that's really, really close to my heart is Ocarina of Time for N64. Uh, when I played that when I was nine years old, I believe it was about a year after it came out, so 1999, uh, I was just so fascinated with that world, the characters, the adventure. Um, I wanted to do my own kind of stories like that then, and that's what got the ball rolling for me to become an author. Jeff is an author. He's written... Have you finished your second book? I did. I'm uh, working through the third now. Okay. Why don't you give a really quick synopsis on that? Oh, sure. Jeff, uh, yeah, it's incredible. They're amazing. <laughs> Lauren proofread for Pete <laughs> as well. Yeah, I'm still proofreading number two yes. right now. <laughs> What's that you saw? A fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy epic. I don't know. Right uh, young adult fantasy epic. A small epic. plug here for Jeff, but thank you. No, really by the way, this is awesome. Uh, this so is shocking good. to me. Go for it. I do encourage you. These books are available on Amazon. But, uh, take First one is um, I'm okay. hoping to put all three books together next year into one volume and get that published as one big, you know, big epic book. Uh, quick synopsis, you know, young adult, high fantasy. Um, I wouldn't say it's like Lord of the Rings because there's no, you know, army on army battles, but a lot of small adventuring here and there. Very much, I mean, honestly, uh, inspired by The Legend of Zelda, those video games. Uh, young hero, young heroine, um, a lot of magic involved, a lot of, you know, growing up, growing pains for the young heroes, everything like that. I've always, I've always, you know me, I mean, I'm such a big geek, big nerd. I love, <laughs> love castles, I love like, dragons, love magic. We've never noticed that, like, you hide that pretty well. <laughs> He does hate it well. I, what, uh, I'm sorry, what's the, what's the name of the book? Because now I need to go to Amazon. Well, the, yes. <laughs> the name of the first book is called Echoes of Light. Okay. When I put all three books together, I'm going to be calling it The Luminous Legend. The Luminous Legend. Amazing. That's, um, <laughs> sprung that on me kind of randomly. It's badass, I, I think it. you could say that. <laughs> um, that's exciting. I mean, to have your own book like that, have it published, it's in print form, it's not just digital, it's sick. It's been so. fun. It's been a fun ride. But a right? lot more to do. A lot more to do. It's just the beginning. I know. Exactly. I'm waiting for number three. Huh? Give me a couple she more months. She does love those Give me a couple more months. So, Lauren, yes. any, any, any particular games? game show? I know you and your cousin played N64 okay. a lot N64, when you were little. Okay, N64, Diddy Kong Racing, 100%. Diddy Kong. <laughs> My cousin and I <laughs> She beats me every time. It's embarrassing. Hours and hours and hours playing Diddy Kong Racing. Um, Mario so Kart's better. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. No. <laughs> First controversy. Really no, oh I gosh. love Diddy Kong. I love Diddy Kong. Actually, we still have our N64, and Josiah was mad because we actually brought it out one day, and, like, the graphics were not... <laughs> Not it's hard to look far. at. Speaking of high definition, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things that's like it's always fun, and it's always fun to go back to what you played when you were a kid. So yeah, absolutely. This is going to be really weird too, but Harvest Moon. I love Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon for N64, and I even play Harvest Moon um, on my um, 
Nintendo DS? 3DS? Yes, 3D. I have, well, I have a uh, 3DS and a okay. regular DS, but, um, and I think I have it for both of them. It's been a while since I touched my handhelds, but I, that's... Um, Same here, my Vita's been by itself for a while. But Harvest Moon is always, you know, a childhood favorite. <laughs> Into adult favorite. <laughs> I mean, those are long-running classics, so those obviously aren't bad choices. Those will always be around, I think. Um, Austin, any, uh, anything particular for you? Yeah, for video game-wise, uh, Pokemon. All right. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, when I was a kid, that was the thing. I had the cards, I had the Game Boy system, and then I got it for, I believe it was N64, Pokemon Snap. If you take photos of all your Pokemon on these little trips and stuff, it was a very stupid game, but for whatever reason, I played it. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon was always there. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, yes. stuff like that. So, Crash Bandicoot, and Crash then, Mason, yes. Yes, yes. And then eventually uh, evolved more into sports games, Madden, NHL, stuff like that, wrestling, obviously. So... Uh, it's just kind of been the whole realm of video games. And then I read your stuff, which, small plug for us, but whatever, it's cool. Uh, I read your stuff about Fallout and Star Wars, and I, I'm not a big Star Wars geek at all. I'll, you know, uh, disclose that right away. But then I read your stuff, and I'm like, I want to play Star Wars. <laughs> I got to play it. So uh, It's I, contagious. Yes, it really it's very is. contagious. So the whole realm of video games, I'm down for anything, pretty much. It seems like I'm the only one who didn't have my... I can't reference a Nintendo game as being as my favorite growing up, so... I, you guys are probably going to turn on me pretty fast. Um, <laughs> Pete, anything well, for you? I certainly can't reference it. <laughs> <laughs> I was here my last game of, of being uh, <laughs> pivotal in my, in my youth. Thank goodness. Uh, I mean, from a game point, it was probably either Space Invaders or Asteroids were the pivotal games Beautiful. of my life. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I think probably... It's one of two things from a from a media standpoint that pushed me in that direction. It was either uh, Star Trek, the original series. Um, I absolutely, you know, in, in 1975 or so, 2000 seemed so far away. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I was convinced at that point in time that I was going to have the opportunity to, to, you know, pilot a pilot a starship by that point. <laughs> We're running a little behind schedule. <laughs> um, or it, or it was or it was Star Wars. All right. you know, that was uh, um, when that first came out. Was, the story of my life is that all these cool things that happened when I was younger, like Star Wars, those special effects were cutting edge. The shark in Jaws, which now looks like a rubber duck, <laughs> at the time was horrifying. You know, those special effects at the time were cutting edge, and uh, and just what we can do now is is uh, it's unbelievable to me. And it's nice that I I lived through the whole. You know, transition. You yeah, evolution of it, if you will. You guys are talking about uh, games that that you know I've never even heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon. I remember, you know, like like my kids had Pokemon cards, yeah. not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it takes is speaking of jazz. Two notes. Da 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 da. Here to go. And everybody knows those two notes. Yeah. Everybody. So. That's those are all good points. I obviously Star Wars for me. If you know anything about me, that is definitely what's uh, driven my passion. It got me into gaming, comic books. Now, Jeff and I took a trip to the comic book store in February, and I've spent a lot of money on that since. Um, but overall, it, this is a lot of fun. I think we're gonna have a blast with this, and everything's been contagious. And we do have a bunch of uh, staff members and writers that are not here. It'd be tough to fit everybody, so we would have had to rotate out anyway. But um, Sam, Andrew, Sean, Chris Austin, Gene, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. I'm sure I'll, I'll give a shout-out later on, but um, you'll see them making appearances as well. Uh, but as far as that goes, I look forward to doing this for a long time with you guys. Yeah.
were talking about Captain America and the new trailer for Civil War. So Captain America Civil War trailer debuted this past week. Um, lots to unpack with this one. And I won't say controversial, but definitely the most hotly contested, debated trailer, I think, of the Marvel films yet. Uh, it's not quite an Avengers movie, but I think that's important in, in keeping that, that this is a Captain America movie. This is personal, a lot like Winter Soldier was. So right off the bat, any any first impressions, first takeaways? I know this is something we're going to be talking about well into 2016. Yeah, I it just the intensity of the trailer alone is, I mean, just palpable. It's dark. Yes, it, it's very, very... Um, like you said, personal for Cap and for Iron Man. And um, you just get the sense that there's really going to be a heated confrontation between them, which is bittersweet. It seems off the bat, obviously we have time until the movie comes out, but they've set quite a different tone for this. Absolutely. Obviously, the comics have been around for some time, as far as this Civil War storyline goes, but we'll try to keep that as spoiler-free as possible. Lauren, any takeaways off the bat with this one? I mean, anything that kind of struck you that's different from the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far? I don't know. Like, I guess I wasn't as impressed with this one. And I think you said it right. Like, this is not a Avengers movie. This is a Captain America movie, which I have to keep in mind. But I just wasn't as impressed. It didn't, it didn't like, completely grab me. Like, I'm definitely going to watch it. I definitely think it's going to be interesting. But from the trailer itself, it's not, like... It's not like the Avenger movies where I was like, I need to see those right now. Sure, those are kind of the pinnacles, the highlights of the universe. This isn't going to feel like a superhero movie. No. There's no yeah. there's no campiness in this one. There's not going to be a lot of humor. There's not going to be all those, you know, witty, snarky remarks from Tony Stark. This a lot of things we've come to love, right? Right. You're this shutting is, them out. <laughs> 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 this is going to be a uh, deep connection to, to Iron Man. I yeah. feel like the word somber is going to be a very good word to describe this movie. It's not bad. Which is not what you come to expect from Avengers and Marvel thus far. No, no, not at all. At least in the theatrical. I mean, my my first impression of it, I didn't, I didn't love it. Most tra- Marvel trailers, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta see it right away, and that's fine. I still really expect a high quality film here, but it goes back to the Avengers thing with me. Going back into it a second time, realizing this is a Captain America movie, despite all of the stars, Black Panther, Iron Man. It was some of the Avengers from the past film. Uh, Spider-Man's making an appearance. Oh. Uh, I know, right? Someone's happy. Uh, We're going to get Spider-Man right yeah. one of these days. <laughs> this is the third try. It's without Sony, so hopefully. Um, I mean, Austin and, and Peter, I, what struck you about this? Is there anything that's intriguing to you? Is there anything that is gripping your attention that's got you thinking at all. Yeah, well, we just watched it before we started recording, uh, and I think the thing that's not grabbing you is because, like you said, it's somber, so it's not going to catch you right away like, hey, I need to watch this. It's kind of one of those, you're going to have to feel your way through it. So the one thing that caught me as we watched it was uh, Tony Stark was saying how uh, I was your friend too to Captain America, and then they (laughs) have this like, Teased battle scene, so like that, right, right, it kind of hits you. It's like, all right, that doesn't grab me like, holy crap, I need to see this, but it's like, I'm gonna feel something when I go and see this. There's gonna be a very uh, big struggle somewhere in somewhere in the middle of the movie. That's you don't cross Tony. Stark. You don't cross Tony. <laughs> you Stark. want Iron Man and Cap- 
Captain America to be best friends, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they might, they might <laughs> not they never be, work. But they've never been best friends. They've never even been super, like, hangout buddies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they've there's, been al- with him, there's right? always been the tension between the two because of them. Because Captain America's the, the good guy and Tony Stark is the, He's the bad boy. pushing the limit guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, one would say the Josiah Leroy of the film, right? Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, one would say that. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> so, yes, I, uh, that dynamic will play out here. Yeah, I um, I mean, there's a couple things that are important when you start to look at it. I'm not going to make the distinction that it's a Captain America movie versus the Avengers movie because they're both star-studded, full of, you know, like, this isn't, the, the Iron Man movies were all standalone, right? right. Sure, yeah. The Hulk. Standalone. This is not that. It's in between somewhere. Even the last Captain America movie, he had um, he had uh, Black Widow tagging along, right? This is this is not going to be much different than an Avengers movie, I don't think. I, and I think that what we have to keep in mind of this whole thing is that this has to get emotional because this is the wind down, right? Yeah. There's three films left with with. Uh, Chris Evans playing Captain America mm-hmm. and and Tony uh, and Robert Downey Jr. Jr. playing Tony Stark at the end of um, at the event at the end of Infinity Wars those guys are going to sail off into the sunset and just do um, maybe maybe cameos maybe nothing like they're moving they're moving the universe because then they don't have to reboot everything again like is anybody in the world buying uh, a Tony Stark that's not Robert Downey Jr. Like I'm not. I, I never. I never fell in love with uh, Tobey Maguire or um, Andrew Garfield yeah, as yeah. as Spider Man. So when they reboot that, I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> neither next, of them, yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah. I, I like to- Tobey Maguire better than I liked uh, Andrew Garfield. So do I. But but, yes. um, but it was you know like it wasn't a. Mm. They have a great. Marvel has a great track record of casting. Yeah. Like I'm never going to be able to see older. Uh, Charles Xavier without seeing Patrick Stewart, right? Mm-hmm. right? Who is one of my favorite characters, obviously, from mm-hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation, too. So to be able to, you know, to, to see those two guys, uh, that guy playing those two things, and, and be able to not see him as Jean-Luc Picard when he's playing Charles Xavier. They, you know, is, is there ever going to be a Wolverine that's not Hugh Jack? No. Can't right? Off, no. right? So, <laughs> so, and they recognize that. They recognize that at Marvel. So they're moving... Away, they're 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 adding Avengers to the whole thing. You know, it's brilliant, really. Sebastian Stan, uh, guy that plays Bucky, mm-hmm. has like a nine contract deal total with with Marvel. Read that someplace. Not sure one hundred percent of that, but I read that someplace that he has a he has a multi contract deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, Captain America has been played by, you know, it, a bunch of people have carried that shield. Sebastian Stan, Bucky is one of them. So that's the get Chris Evans out and keep Captain America going without rebooting the universe. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think we got a glimpse of that at the end of uh, Age of Ultron a little bit too, because that's almost a not quite, but maybe a beginning, like you said, of passing the buck on. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. I <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, Jeff and I did talk at one point over the years, like maybe it was after Iron Man two that Tony Stark. 
or, or Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. He's not acting on screen, no, he, right? He's, he's, not. he's just himself. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. You see him in interviews. Like, I mean, the difference is he's cleaned, he's cleaned his life up. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, he was he was in a movie a million years ago called Less Than Zero, where he, <laughs> he played a, a, a drug addict who, I'm, I'm pretty sure he dies in that. I think he and, does, yeah. And that was that was around the time he was he was at his worst or beginning that that fall, you know, like he's he was a mess as a as a human being. And and so now he's playing that guy. Quite the comeback. He's playing that guy with a huge bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so like real life probably. <laughs> There's really something to say about the the directing um, in the Marvel movies and just going off what you said, the way the characters are just so perfect, the actors with the characters themselves. And I think Guardians of the Galaxy is another one that really highlights that. Yes. I mean, to get a Dex wrestler in Batista and make him Drax and make that character as popular and as effective as he was. I don't have a favorite character in Guardians of the Galaxy. How can you? How can like, It's hard. It's like, so hard to pick just one. I have, I, I constantly jump, you know, between mm-hmm. them all because they're all so perfect. Mm-hmm. It, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, that is maybe above and beyond my favorite Marvel flick. Above Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, any any property that they have, that's saying a lot. I gotta agree with you. <laughs> I had this conversation with Lauren that Star Wars, I, I think, will always be my number one. I think it's safe to say, especially with it coming back, now that it's, you know, in, in, a, in a way, somewhat tied into the Disney family with Marvel. Uh, regardless, Guardians of the Galaxy is my second favorite. That's saying a lot for a movie that just came out last year. I like it better than Lord of the Rings, if you've known me for a while. I have loved that. So Marvel knows what they're doing with their casting, their writing. They make they made Guardians of the Galaxy interesting. That's incredible. Yeah, nobody, nobody knew those characters aside from hardcore comic fans. No, we, I thought it was going to be a spoof movie. That's how it was being sold at first. Nobody knew who Not Rocket, at all. Nobody knew who Rocket Raccoon was outside of you know the traditional Marvel fan base. Nobody knew, knew who Drax was. But now everybody knows them. I wear my... Black shirt with white letters that says I am Groot, yep. and it doesn't matter where I am. I was in Las Vegas last month. People comment, compliment me down the boulevard. It's crazy. It was unbelievable. It's, it's crazy how things have changed. That goes back into our conversation of how uh, focused it is. How it's cool to be a geek, I guess. <laughs> I mean, geek kids. So I mean, yeah. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing, and I wonder how it's going to play out um, with the with the release of Ant Man this year. Um, they took a different. They took a different turn with that because all all of the Captain America movies, epic. All of the um, uh, the Avengers movies, epic. Like you can't every movie can't be that. You know, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, epic, huge cast, big. In that case, galaxy uh, shattering yeah. events. You know, <laughs> the Avengers, the. New York City, it's amazing that any of it's still standing. <laughs> uh, so it's like they're going to have to back some of this stuff off, and I wonder if they're going to do that with uh, you know, the Black Panther movie, keeping the vein of, of Ant-Man where it's a smaller... Uh, I think so. A smaller, you know, because I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think the epic films are sustainable. No, and they may... Uh, I would say odds are they get old at some point. Oh, yeah, you, you know, like, I mean, we love these films now, obviously, but... How many times can you do the same story or same epicness, if you will? Well, there's only so many buildings in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Why are people still living there? I don't know. <laughs> knocking them down. It's just an awful, awful place to be <laughs> inside a Marvel universe. We haven't even gotten real Thanos yet. You know, when he shows up, 
It's going to be a lot more than New York City. Yeah, can we get off Earth when Thanos is here? That leads into Infinity Wars a yeah. little bit, which I'm uh, I'm really really hoping for a Guardians crossover with uh, Avengers. That's got to happen, right? That. <laughs> My goodness, that would be great. But yeah, so I think that's. And it. I, you know, I, the, the I want to say one thing about the, the Civil War is um, I don't buy it. Like I haven't bought it forever. That this registration act is enough to turn Captain America and Iron Man into fighting in the streets. I just, I, I, like the fact that they want to register superheroes. Right, like I don't, I don't, I mean, you saw on that trailer, you saw that, that fight scene. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's anything that would turn those, those guys are trying to kill each other. You yeah. know, Iron Man is firing stuff at those guys. Like, I, I've just never bought the storyline myself. Um, one of the unfortunate truths in the original storyline uh, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, plays a big, big role in that. He's on um, on Team Tony, yeah. uh, and um, obviously we can't do that right now because Marvel doesn't have the deal with Sony that they have. Uh, or is that Fox? Fox is. I believe Fox is Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Fox is Fantastic Four. Right. So yeah. they don't have the deal with them. So there's no crossover of the Fantastic Four and and the Avengers. So Highly unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It's unfortunate that this Fox keeps screwing up Fantastic Four. Well, <laughs> Fantastic Flop was well, our headline for the And that's a, you know that's a, that's a hard one to do because that is the original. That's the first family of Marvel, you know, and uh, they the the wonderful part about that. Um, that franchise is the campiness, mm -hmm. and uh, you can't have like that's what was lacking in the most recent movie is is that Ben and Johnny didn't have any fun together, you know. And so, um, as Marvel, I, you know, that's another one that I hope that Marvel's able to scoop back in. Mm -hmm. And I believe they will. I hold out hope for that. Seeing that, I hold out hope too, but I don't. I don't necessarily buy it. True. It's all but about to go money. back, it's all about money. Right. About you money. saying you're not, you like you don't believe the whole civil war thing. I don't. You are the one who said it. If you were to believe it, don't you think that they have the roles opposite? Yes, like, regarding Captain and, and Iron Man. Correct. What do you mean opposite? Like with Iron Man, so Captain doesn't want to be registered to be registered, and Captain not wanting to be registered, being that Captain is more right. of the. He's not all America. All America. America doesn't stand behind your right. government. The problem with that theory is that Captain America has superpowers and Iron Man doesn't. He's got a big bank yeah. account. He's got <laughs> a call. Yeah, that right? is a good point. So, so you can't have Captain America going, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can, saying, yeah, register me. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's why they chose the sides that they chose in the whole thing, even back when they wrote the original, uh, is, is because Captain America is. He's man-made. <laughs> well, he's, you know, through the whole thing, I've been interested to see, and I don't recall this when I was growing up, and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I have a tendency to romanticize my youth. <laughs> like, I, I absolutely think MTV and, and SNL were way better than they actually were. We think they so, were, too. Uh, yeah. So, material so, was awesome. <laughs> so, I, the thing is that um, I don't recall Captain America, and from the very beginning, from the first movie that Chris Evans has been in, He's, he's not a happy guy. You know, he's a very stoic guy. And I don't recall seeing that when I was growing up, because I was a big Captain America fan when I was reading comics in 1970, mm -hmm. 1975. You know, like, he seemed like a, my memory of him is as, as a much happier kind of guy. 
And in in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's very stoic from the very beginning. Yeah. And, you know? So, yeah, very, very straightforward, very yeah. uh, intent on, on task at hand. How many yeah. times have you seen him smile? He doesn't. Not many. No, he's he a better bone structure if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's that. <laughs> Before the movies came out, I would sure agree. Kevin Page was saying that. I said, don't smile. Your bone structure doesn't matter. Screw this thing up. <laughs> Those cheekbones. You just keep them, you know. But yeah, but yeah. Before these, before these movies came out, I would agree. Like Captain America had this very uh, happy persona, like "Go America, we're awesome, we're amazing." But like you said, stoic's a great word. Like he doesn't well, task a hand. He's very, you know, determined to do what's needed. Yeah. He's not, you know, trying to please anyone. It's with not this. necessarily towards America. You're right. He's kind of almost got his own agenda, yeah, or yeah. the best in mind for. Well, from from movie number one, he's not Captain America. He's right, you know what I mean? Like he he he's Captain himself almost. He he recognizes, or in his mind, he thinks that the that the government and the and Shield and all of that is is not necessarily a good thing. It's know? true. So think back to Avengers. Yeah. Him, his conversation on the you know. The, the, the ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With, with Stark. Absolutely. You're totally right. Take uh, away that suit and what are you? Yeah. Everything out of you came from a bottle. Boom. Yeah. Dave. So, Dave. <laughs> last thought on Captain America. Uh, the emotional scene, so right when, when Tony Stark mentions that, you know, they were friends. I know that gets Lord. It just brings a tear to my eyes. It's just hard. It, How can you turn away from him? It hits, hits us all. Everyone wants to be friends with Tony Stark, right? Well, Bucky, though. Okay, so... He's loyal to Bucky there. A colleague of mine said, I'm sure you guys have your own thoughts on this, he doesn't think that anyone's in the, the Iron Man suit there. Obviously, they're leading us to believe that that's Iron Man, that's Tony Stark fighting there. At the end of that trailer? When they're yeah. Do okay. you, you think there's any credence to that, or do you think that there's someone else in that suit? Or Why does somebody have to be in the suit? Obviously, in right. past movies. Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. right? Or Ultron. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know where to go with it. Uh, are we, is it too early to speculate? I, I, yeah, I think that one's just way too early to speculate on that one. Well, it's, it's fun to speculate, and that's obviously why we're right. here, right? But I, Now that you say it, I kind of agree. Like The the way that was playing out when I was watching the trailer mm-hmm. just before we recorded this, it didn't seem like that would be a thing that would happen. So I could see it where like, the suit was taken over, or you know, the suit has a mind of its own right there. It doesn't it, like it didn't sit right with me the way it happened. So Maybe I, Captain I see that. and Bucky are trying to take down a rogue suit. It, yes, you know, yes. It, it, uh, they are setting it up to be Stark versus Rogers. That's what it's always been. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, we are going to have a podcast on this. I, Nick and Lou from the Geekiverse, two, two people ironically I forgot for the, the shout-out, <laughs> sorry guys, are going to be the guys debating one team versus another. They've been talking about it in our group message, which I wish you could only see, uh, and that's going to be really exciting. So I, I can't wait to moderate and probably sit far back from there just in case they, they throw it out. Because <laughs> we were once friends, too. So, uh, We're here t- today talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens and uh, predictions and theories. You know I've been waiting for this one for a while. That being said, uh, right off the bat, I've, I, I mean, I wrote an article for thegeekiverse.com regarding some of my thoughts that have been brewing since I've seen the original trailer. But with each subsequent trailer, 
I don't know if they're releasing anything that could be spoilery or if this is just J.J. Abrams and his trickery going back to Star Trek and him swearing up and down that, that Khan was not in Star Trek in the darkness. Uh, without further ado... He really wasn't. <laughs> okay. okay. So <laughs> like, episode, yeah, that, that, that wasn't Khan. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> <laughs> so, Star Wars. Um... Ray is a solo or a Skywalker. I say absolutely no doubt in my mind. Maybe ninety nine percent. Maybe there's a little doubt. I think she is a solo. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, I I'm not sure, but I kind of lean towards Skywalker to be perfectly honest. Okay, okay, I can see either way. That shot of Kylo Ren holding the lightsaber up to her throat. I just feel that, you know, I, when I look at that picture, I get the sense that he's going after her for a reason. I don't think it's happenstance that they came together. Okay, you don't think, so, based on that theory, like, she could be Leia's daughter. He could yeah. be trying to get to, you know, Uncle Luke, if you will, that way. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> shot. I just, I, I, that's important to point out. Yeah. She shot him. <laughs> she did. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's been set up since Daisy Ridley was announced as Rey. She looks like Shmi Skywalker. She looks like Natalie Portman. She resembles Carrie Fisher. Whether that's by design to throw us off or not, I will know in oh, T minus three weeks or so. Uh, that's that's kind of my own thought. Any other thoughts on, on Ray? Is she Skywalker or Solo, or is she a new character? Or, not a new character. Definitely not a new character. Or an unrelated character, I should say. No, I still think that Leia and Han made a Ray. Okay. They made a ray. They made a ray. A ray of sunshine. <laughs> she just, I don't know. She, I mean, definitely, she looks like Leia's daughter, and when I see her, I just see Natalie Portman, 100%. Like, they could not have picked an actress that... It's gotta be. ...that resembles Natalie so well, where it could not not be related. Okay. Gotcha. Austin, are you in the same camp there? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to help you out there. Yeah, I appreciate it, but as... But uh, knowing what I do know about Star Wars, uh, I would say that because the characters are so similar, there's probably a swerve in there. So it's probably not what you think. Okay. That's me not having a clue and trying to get in there. He's going with the, the misled theory. Okay. Yes, the misled okay. theory. There we go. Pete. No, I, I, I definitely think that she's got to be the... She's, she's the awakening force, I think. Okay. Uh, force awakens so, towards her. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I'm not sure... Whether she's a solo or a Skywalker, um, but, but really, she's a Skywalker, right? Either way, either way, she's a Skywalker. True. Um, I, I I'm not. I'm going to be interested to see what the relationship between Han and Leia was. Um, I absolutely assumed, as did I think a lot of people, that after uh, after after six, they got together. Well, the the lore in in the Tons of books that came out said they did. Yeah, and they yes. had three kids. Right. Mm-hmm. I Where's think, number three? Uh, well, she's one. If we're assuming... If I'm assuming, assuming she's one, um, I guess I should probably jump to that one next because that's a pretty good segue. Uh, Kylo Ren is also, therefore, you know, maybe a, a twin, a Skywalker or Solo. I There's a million ways you can look at this movie. A million and that may not be an exaggeration, is Kylo Ren Ray's brother. It, 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 the family's clearly prone to dark times. I mean, 
But Skywalker's made whole, it tough. It's like the whole New York City and Marvel thing over again, you know? But then you have that whole, okay, Disney took over Star Wars thing, so are they getting away from that universe and completely doing their their own thing? That was my hope as well, but I think they, they're tying it back because this is their, their first foray into Star Wars. I think the world will explode. It'll look like the Avengers Battle of New York City if they step too far away from established canon. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I like I and I, I don't think they have any desire to do that. I think that I mean you saw you saw the 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 vitriol in in when in one, two and three. Right. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. people were were furious. That's part of the reason that, that uh, George Lucas walked away and said, I'm not doing any more of these, forget it. You, you people are you know like and he that was, sucks. He was much nicer than me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is my movie. Right. Right. That's, you you guys, when you have a place called Skywalker Ranch, you can make your movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's very uh, true. Right, and I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, that's it. That he had to walk away because I mean, he got a four billion dollar check. Right. I'm not going to play. He's got four billion reasons to be perfectly happy letting Disney walk away with you know and do it. But I I don't think that they're going to do it because I don't think that they. I don't think that they want people to walk away from it, and people will. I mean, Star Wars fans are die hard, so I think it's going to stick pretty close to to canon, uh, and you know, we'll see what happens. I I, I had, hadn't really thought of the idea of, of Kylo Ren as a sibling to Rey. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can buy that. He now, I mean, the Kylo Ren debate is is interesting because he my hope was that he was a brand new unrelated character that hopefully ray was blood and he was just some why why was that your hope because i think at this point i have no problem continuing on the solo slash skywalker legacy to branch off into a different universe eventually i think they can do either a trilogy or or just a few movies here with the next generation and harping on that point i think disney has all but shunned the prequels for the time being because that was a sore topic for a while with a lot of star wars fans understandably i guess i love the prequels episode one i could take or leave talk for another time <laughs> but that being said i think that they have really harped on the nostalgia of this late 70s early 80s that Star Wars Battlefront, which just came out for Xbox One and PS4, that well, that I, is I mean, 100% old trilogy. How, how do you think that they've shunned the um, the prequels? Other other than what I consider to be the best decision of the whole thing, to go back to using real sets and real locations as opposed part to, of it. as opposed to CG. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I. I think that's important. I think CG should, should supplement, but not necessarily. And it's, over, and it's going to. I mean, I mean, if you've you seen any, to. if you've seen any set shots at all, there's green screens all over the place oh, that, yeah. they're, that they're sliding in there. But it's, you know, I think it's, I think that was a great decision to make it, I make agree. it a, a epic and and um, and true to the original stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I think that's also a high five to to George Lucas. You know, like. We own your company now, but you know what you did the first time around that people really loved. We're gonna do that again. Totally. You know. Totally. So. And, well, I mean, with regards to the prequel point, any any media, whether it's games or comic books, any supporting novels, there's at least twenty 
I'm probably shortchanging it, novels tied into the era between Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and this. There are seven different, I believe seven different comic book series, individual, whether it's Darth Vader or Princess Leia. None of them have anything to do with the prequels. The closest one is Kanan, which is from Star Wars Rebels, which is, again, between three and four, but it is what I would argue the dividing point that brings it closer to the classic trilogy. Right, it's closer to the you know, four or five, six, then one, two, three. Exactly. watched it. I think they did a good job in bringing back a lot of Star Wars fans that just did not like that, that prequel trilogy. And I think you're right when it comes to the CG versus the, um, I guess for lack of a better term, the actual effects, mm-hmm. um, you know, real, real life puppets, kind of things like that. And it, there is never, I don't think in, at least in my life, more hype for a movie than this. And it's not just because I'm a Star Wars fan, but it's arguable regardless. It's up there. And they it's because they've brought in both generations. Yeah, I, no, I won't argue that. I, you know. It's crazy. $50 million from Fandango alone. Fandango alone. And, and we're still three weeks out from the release of the movie. <laughs> great point. <laughs> Leading into my next point, or next prediction or theory, uh, Han and or Chewbacca died in this yeah. one. Yeah. I don't think you can I don't think you can do it. That's Kill Han. <laughs> oh, Speaking I don't think Kill ever. Han. No. I love Han. Can you can you kill Harrison Ford? Probably not. Not until the very end, I don't think. He wanted to go and he didn't go. He didn't so. want to be part of of he wanted to go out in a, a basically a big fireball in, in Return of the Jedi and, and uh, Lucas thought that was too dark. And I, I kind of agree. I like the way Return of the Jedi ended. Me too. Is that possible? Is we see Ray crying frantically over a character in, in the the final theatrical trailer. Is that is that Finn, one of the new characters, John Boyega's character, or is that Han? Is it Chewbacca? I don't know. If you look at it, I mean, I think it's know, meant to be fur. You know, but it's a tease. It's meant to be Chewy. Like they give you, ju- the they give you, you just enough to make you fully believe that that is Chewy, and if they do. <laughs> I'm gonna be writing a very strong worded letter. Disabled some angry fans. Dear Mr. Disney. Do you remember that very first book in the uh, the Long War mm-hmm. when Chewbacca was killed? Chewbacca the, does die in the what is now legacy, no no longer canon Star Wars books. And he just does he to save Han's son. The backlash that was against just the author alone, never mind the the publisher. It was it was insane. It's an emotional read. I've read it. Um, but even if he dies, can he die? Because look at Darth Maul. Who? Chewbacca or Han? No, like if Chewie or Han dies, can they really die? Well, they're not they're not force sensitive. So I worry okay. about <laughs> <laughs> and Harrison Ford is seventy two. Yeah, he's he may gone. not want to do right. He's more, but now is the time. But to he go. doesn't have to die to, oh. in order for that to happen. I mean, which I'd be happy if he went off and retired. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised in 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 my world if the the first movie has some of the older characters and then it just transitions away from them. That was like, my thought too. Like they're handing off the torch is basically what it is, and maybe because because in my mind again, I think that Luke is the is the replacement for Obi-Wan, um, he can stick around for a while and, and continue on to sort of nurture the next generation of Jedis, and, and then after three, he can disappear. 
Another really good segue. It's like Pete's reading my mind. <laughs> we didn't even go over notes before, so that's impressive. Um, I I agree. Next point being Luke Skywalker is is probably the new Ben Kenobi. He Mark Hamill is confirmed for Star Wars Episode Eight. Right. Only only him and Oscar Isaac who plays Poe Dameron, uh, the new Starfighter pilot in the in this. Uh, is Luke? Is Luke Kylo Ren? Is that stupid to say? Where is he? Where is Luke in this promotion? Haven't seen him in the trailers. Haven't seen him. Have we done? Where is he? Is he on the poster? We don't know. Where is he? Well, here's the thing. One of the things that I um, we're gonna have a conversation about it at some point in time. The Suicide Squad. Having um, Jared Leto. tweeting pictures of himself as the characters and stuff like that, like, years in advance. Like, the, the marketing that the, these, these big epic films are doing now is spectacular. And really, what's everybody talking about now? Everybody's talking about this film. You're talking about the most hyped film of all times, and I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? Because we're all dying to find out what happened to Luke, because J.J. Abrams or whoever made that decision, could be somebody at Disney Studios, was like, drop him out of the trailer. Let's watch the collective world explode <laughs> because nobody knows, right? So I, we're here today talking about it, right? Yeah, I think it's 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 a, a unbelievable marketing decision to do that. I hope so because I don't it, want Luke to be a bad guy. It may never point to anything. I grew up my whole life knowing that Luke Skywalker yeah, was the I good mean, guy. There's just no way that. So you think it's a no, big red herring? It could be. Okay. And J.J. Abrams is is known for yeah, you know very not true. exactly. He's tricky, right? He's tricky, which is which is good because he knows that you have to put out these epic trailers, mm-hmm. and you got to put out 30 of them leading up to the thing, right? Which they probably have. The TV spots that come out every day for yeah. this, I've, I cannot watch anymore. Right. <laughs> but I still, at the same time, feel like we know nothing about this movie, which is crazy. Right. For all that we've seen, all these iconic shots, or what I think will become iconic shots, I right. should say. And we're all going to sit there and go, oh. <laughs> right? Another you got, got us, JJ. <laughs> JJ. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen because he's a master of it. Disney's a master of it. I mean, I'm a little concerned at the end of the day that Disney now owns every major franchise in the world. Oh, they own Marvel. They own uh, ABC. Mm-hmm. They own uh, now. They own Lucasfilms. Like it's going to be. Uh, you guys are too way too young to um, to remember this. But when I was growing up, the the first push to generic food. Happen. Like right now, we generic food is Topps branded stuff or Wegmans mm-hmm. branded Got stuff it. or you know supermarket branded stuff. But it was generic back then, so it was just like a yellow can mm-hmm. with black letters that said beans. <laughs> and that was it. Or or and they did everything from from uh, soda pop to whatever. Uh, and I'm afraid that Disney gets too big for their britches in this whole thing because they're gonna you know they're gonna own everything. They're gonna own all of the great stuff. So. It's not a bad point. Uh, I mean, Austin, like you said, you're not crazy into Star Wars like, you know, say the rest of us are. But like, right. What's, what's, well, your, t- yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's your take on it when you see just how divided and just how thought-provoking everything is from this? Like, like from the outside looking yeah, at it. Yeah, now I want to see it. Just yeah. listening to this conversation because, like you said, there, there were a lot of – I watched the trailer just before we started filming. And there's just a lot of things that I do recognize from a little bit I do know of Star Wars. Right. And now that we're talking about it and how divided you guys are, I feel like we need to set up a little time and place where we can all go and watch it together, and then I can just pick your brains afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's very intriguing, 
how much uh, uh, division there is between you guys. Because like you said, I grew up, too, knowing that Luke Skywalker was the good guy from what little I do know. And now that the thought... Now we can I don't know that though. Right, now we can be My world guy, could be rocked. And that would rock my world too as not an avid Star Wars fan. It's just like, you know, a come and go Star Wars fan. So there's a lot to be wanted from this movie and now I kind of want to see it. Even Luke if it's was, 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lord and I will be there 10 o'clock opening night. Actually, pre-opening night. So. Right. And it comes out on Christmas, correct? Uh, no, no. no. Oh, December 17th. Oh, well, Christmas time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, so that's what we meant. That's like a Thursday. <laughs> I'm trying to do math. My head is not good. If it, did come on, if it did come out on Christmas, nobody would be celebrating Christmas in America that day. <laughs> Star Wars would be bigger than Christmas. Yes. Yes. Did they cancel Christmas? Right. Possibly. It's fine. The gift is being at the theater, right? <laughs> My my thought on this is they postponed Christmas. Number <laughs> <laughs> twenty six, Christmas. See, Disney's taking over. <laughs> oh no, the major holidays. Trust Disney. <laughs> one at a time, folks. So I think Luke is ultimately good. I hope that that uh, that doubt in my my mind is just uh, I don't know. I don't. I just hope it's wrong. Anyway, I think he shows up at the end of episode seven, which might be. A disappointing because we've seen shots of him in the robe and the beard obviously good marketing he looks fantastic he looks awesome he looks like uh, Alec Guinness did when he was Obi-Wan in, in 1977 he um, looks like a Jedi lost master. a lot of weight looks really good Mark Hamill himself yeah. like really got in shape for this movie yeah. so it's and uh, he's doing other things now too right like yes he's, he's uh, doing things again he right. wasn't he, for a while well he was his thing was voiceover for the most part he was voicing over movies and things like that for a long time brilliant um, the Joker but brilliant he is not he's, he's one of the one of the better Joker voices yes um, but he's doing uh, he's on third episode maybe of Flash um, yes you're right yeah okay. right so he's coming back again this season I think I read someplace as the trickster again uh, so he'll be, you know, he's he's in front of the camera again. Who's uh, like Kingsman, Kingsman. Right? Kingsman? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Kingsman. which was Go great. Right, right, he sounded yeah. like the Joker. Yeah, he did. Uh, you're right. So hopefully uh, he'll be voicing Joker in uh, Killing Joke DC animated film. That's up. true. That's true. That'll uh, that'll lead I mean, into a good Joker debate, I'm yeah. sure. But, so uh, where do we stand on Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren is not, not. He's not Luke Skywalker. Is that what we we mostly believe that? I. I was very adamant about that, that he wasn't. wasn't. Until... Jeff... Jeff <laughs> introduced that this to me. Guy. This guy. <laughs> introduced that thought to me. I reintroduced it, because it was always a little speculation. Look, yeah. Kylo Ren. But Adam Driver is supposed to be playing Kylo Ren. He has... I've never seen his face, except for in, uh, in one of the magazine photo shoots that they did. That is a thin guy that's in those fights. It fits Adam Driver's build, his long hair, which he doesn't have a mask on, but you see from behind. Again, it's all really good marketing because there's no oh, way we can answer any of these questions as much as we want to. We can almost kind of answer them, but we're really still just guessing. Until you pay 15 bucks to get to You pay 15 day. bucks, and I know people that are seeing it four times in the first oh, two days. Yeah, of that's course. probably nothing. Yes. There's, they're theater hopping. So Well, they're, they're, it just they're takes crying. a couple people to ruin it for the rest of us. No, no. People won't be able to get tickets because they're seeing it too many times. Yeah, that's the Do your civic duty and make sure someone can buy them at a, a little bit of a <laughs> So that's, I guess, Kylo Ren. I stand that uh, he's a Vader obsessor or obsessed with Vader. I think uh, he is Supreme Leader Snoke's uh, left hand, right hand guy. And I think, uh, I, I hope he is as good as he's cracked up to be. 
in these trailers and that he really is that, that real tough guy, that intimidating guy that he looks like he is. I hope that continues. Well, it's a, it's, it's a hard mask to fill, if you will. Yes, it is. You know, we've had six or five and a half, four and a half episodes of Darth Vader. Yes, and iconic. Right. How do you, how do you fill that? Maybe, maybe Darth Vader's not gone. Um, <laughs> another segue. <laughs> um, that was my other thought, is that Kylo Ren is trying to resurrect Vader. Uh, if, I mean, this is getting into really deep, funky Star Wars territory, okay. but uh, <laughs> midi-chlorians are what created Vader originally. Think about what... Okay, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Think about what you want with episode one. That's canon. That happened. He was influenced by these midichlorians, essentially by Palpatine's master. Uh, so why couldn't he be brought back if he was created by these, these midichlorians, if, if you will? Uh, that's a thought. It may be far-fetched. He may just have Vader's mask as kind of a, uh, a treasure that he's this Sith worshiper. But you can't take anything off the table with this movie. No. <laughs> Not at all. Every theory is fair game. It is. It's crazy. I did write a piece for it. I will plug that. If you go to geekiverse.com, just search The Force Awakens. Uh, Leave, leave some comments. I really do want to uh, talk about this a little more. If you can't tell, he can go for hours about this. So. Yeah. Austin's already going uh, his eyes. No, not that way. Not that way. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think you can bring Anakin Skywalker back as Vader. I think not only has he passed on, but he's also redeemed. I sure hope so. At the, yeah, end, at the end of, at the end of um, episode six... Mm -hmm. You see him with his old friends Yoda and True. Ben, and uh, so I I don't see any good way you can bring Anakin back as uh, as Darth Vader. But um, I am holding out hope that Darth Vader returns, but more in the form of somebody picking up the mantle, like Marvel um, with different characters being different. Well, and I, like like. Darth Vader is such an iconic bad guy, and um, most of the galaxy probably doesn't know that um, he's gone. Well, they they probably because we're talking about forty years or thirty five years or something after what's that? Uh, they said about thirty years. Right. Okay. So so they're probably like you know I imagine like at, at Galactic Thanksgiving they're like where's Uncle Dark? Um, it's even thirty years. Right. So I think they probably okay with him gone, but. They, you know, there was very few people that saw that end scene where you see the three of them return. So I think at the end of the day, um, and I made this, uh, I made this connection. If you guys are Princess Bride fans, um, Darth Vader as the Dread Pirate Roberts. So somebody else, some other bad guy, picking up the mantle because he represents big, scary. You know what I mean? Like he's already got a brand. Exactly. So you don't need to start over as bad guy. You just need somebody who can step into that. And um, where's the guy behind the sheet, right? Exactly. And it doesn't matter who the guy behind the sheet is. So exactly. Yeah. That's a really good point too. It's yeah. I had not really uh, pondered. So I like that one too. Uh, I, uh, more theories. <laughs> more the yeah. We can we could go all day with that one. Um, but I, th I think the last thought actually I had on Force Awakens that you mentioned was Hayden Christensen was rumored like it or not his performance in episode 2 and 3 as Anakin uh, I, 
by a reputable Star Wars fan site. Albeit a fan site, but still, they reported that uh, he had reported in for uh, shooting with Mark Hamill. Maybe that's a flashback scene. Maybe he's appearing as a ghost. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's a little bit more. Maybe he is, uh, you know, coming back. So that that's kind of crazy to think about. But I think that's a good way to leave things going into Episode Eight, if that is true. We're leaving things with Hayden Christensen. I thought he was a good Anakin, for the record. I, I that's the Anakin George Lucas wanted. I know he was whiny and insecure, but, but guess he's what? supposed that's to be whiny. Why? And right? No, I did, I didn't hate him. I mean, I did. It's, uh, <laughs> Get out. Good. So on that note, it's I, I didn't hate the first, the prequels, I didn't hate them at all. I didn't hate them either. You know, I mean, some some were better than others. But, true, um, true. I, I hated the departure from real live, live action stuff to Agreed. 90% computer graphic. You know, like that was just, it, it, it changed the look, it changed the feel of the whole thing. Old is new again. Yeah, I agree. I think we can agree that Force Awakens is going to end with something big. They're going to leave us there. And then we'll speculate for the next two yeah. years. Exactly. Job that's security. That's more content for us, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> going to make people chop again a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Talking an interesting, uh, talking about an interesting theory in Star Wars today uh, that has come up in the last few weeks. You've probably seen it on social media if you uh, don't live under a rock. It is regarding Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yes, we're talking about Jar Jar Binks and that he was a trained Force user, uh, was a Sith collaborator, and will play a central role in the Force Awakens. That all sounds ridiculous as a headline, but. Let me explain a little. First paragraph um, of this, it was posted on Reddit by Lumpa Waro. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it says, uh, Here I will seek to establish that Jar Jar Binks, far from simply being the bumbling idiot he portrays himself as, is in fact a highly skilled force user in terms of martial ability and mind control. Okay. Furthermore, I assert that he was not, as many people assume, just an unwitting political tool manipulated by Palpatine, but rather he and Palpatine were likely in collaboration from the very beginning. Wow. And it's, entire, <laughs> it's entirely possible that Palpatine was a subordinate underlinked to Binks throughout both trilogies. That seems crazy to me, but again, let me continue. Finally, given the above, I'll conclude that with an argument as to why I believe it is not only possible, but plausible that Jar Jar will make a profound impact on the upcoming movies and what his role may be. Any initial thoughts on that before I dive into this and unpack it? It's just hysterical, the thought of it. But it, it makes so much sense. <laughs> you Everything. laugh at it and you think it's stupid, but and then you read it and you're like, oh, maybe that's not so stupid. <laughs> no, after you read it, you have to go back and watch the movies and then you're like, oh my gosh. It all makes sense. Like well, those parts where you think he's being stupid. We'll we'll tweet the link out to the to the actual article. It's uh, follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekiverse, um, Facebook facebook.com slash Geekiverse. It is really quite a read. It does take a little bit to get through. First, uh, the first I'll, I'll try to summarize the bullet points. First, it says let's establish Jar Jar as a skilled warrior. Not, not crazy, right? We see him in episode one uh, on the battlefield. He has his Gungan army that he goes through. 
Jeff and I had talked about this a little too off air. Yes. <laughs> Certain things, like when the droid attaches to his foot and he's flying around, he's hitting everything in sight. Is he doing that on purpose, or is he really that clumsy? Any thoughts there? It is kind of funny that, I mean, he bumbles through that entire battle where, I mean, there are literally laser shots going in every other direction, every inch of the air, and somehow, you know, just by happenstance, he comes out unscathed. It is a little fishy. Maybe this is the swerve I was talking about in the previous yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. Jar Jar Binks is the hero of the whole thing, and we just realize it now. Or villain. See, or here's villain. the twist here. Ooh, see, good point. Austin was telling us he's not a Star Wars fan, so yeah. there's two big plot twists right there. He likes Star Wars, he's just not... Maybe I don't know. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say about everybody. Jar Jar is yeah. going to show um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan his... Under, underwater, Odagunga. How he goes to jump into the water. He does just dive into the water. He jumps up and does a flip, and he dives into the water. Where can somebody who's honestly that clumsy do a move that requires such skill? Um, another thing is when he first meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he is on the ground, and he goes to jump up. He doesn't just get up. He, like, does this back flip jump up. And is it because we're led to believe he's kind of this amphibious creature? That's what it seems like it's it's supposed to be, but maybe it's not. But when you look at now, his clumsiness as opposed to these moments where it, just, it doesn't make sense. So it that, doesn't. that jump is compared to in this article, um, Zuquan comparison. Please forgive me if I say that wrong. It's Z-U-I-Q-U-A-N, uh, which is essentially an ancient form of, of fighting in, in real uh, historic culture, which... This explains a little better, uh, but for the sake of keeping time. Is this crazy right off the bat, Pete? Well, here's the thing. Jar Jar was a lightning rod for Star Wars fans after the, after the prequels. He's everything that's wrong with the prequels. It goes back to him. Well, I, right? dis I disagree with that. I actually but kind of... I enjoyed... Sarcastically. I enjoyed... Um, I, I enjoyed the prequels, and I enjoyed Jar Jar for what he was. Um, but Disney has now taken over, and George Lucas has nothing to do with this. Is Disney willing to reimagine this this thing that was really the biggest lightning rod for the for the first set? Are they are they willing to bring the lightning rod back when they know that the diehard fans absolutely? couldn't stand that character at all. Quite a risk. That's what I think. And I, I think you'd have a tough time not... I'd have a tough time believing this wasn't leaked <laughs> if, he, if he was coming back. Yeah, and there, there are certain things in the article that points out three different occasions where they, they say he's using forced persuasion. Subtle waves of his hand when he says certain things uh, to the Bombay general underwater, to the Senate which was Jar Jar Binks in the Senate, if he's so insane, how is he hanging? He's from the same planet as Palpatine, the ultimate bad guy who we think is behind everything in this whole awful, awful time in the universe. Um, and that Jar Jar and Palpatine are, are co-conspirators. Now, they said, why would Palpatine still hang out with Jar Jar in Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3, if he was just this clumsy, bumbling idiot? thought is that, you know, they were kind of together in on this plan. And the, the overall summary of this article is that Lucas always wanted symmetry between both prequel and original trilogies and stated that many times there would be. And if you look at it that way, there are. So in the prequel or the original trilogy, 
we meet Yoda, he's an idiot at first, but it's very, very short-lived, and we realize how crazy awesome he is as a, an old Jedi Master. Now, is that episode, is episode one Jar Jar's way of being that idiot too? Albeit a full movie? I don't know. I, and then the, they think that George Lucas chickened out after the awful, awful backlash of him after episode one and changed course, bringing in Christopher Lee as Count Dooku. It really holds some weight, it, as crazy as it might be. Well, even, even, if, even if Lucas chickened out, right? Mm-hmm. Is Disney going to take that risk again? No. I say no. I say no. no. But we have no idea for episode seven, Force Awakens, who Supreme Leader Snoke is, who's played by uh, Andy Serkis, who was Gollum, voiced by him, but he's an all-digital character. Jar was digital for what it's worth. I'm not saying that that points to anything. Um, I just think that that's... I could see Lucas seeing this, having two films to go, where he's got to establish Anakin as Vader, and say, yeah, no, but I need to change course here. What do you think with that, Jeff? It's really tough to say. Um, you know, I, there's times in the production of the prequels where you where we saw Lucas was incredibly stubborn, and regardless of what uh, any kind of backlash or criticism he got, you know, he stayed the course with his ideas, uh, which you know is both admirable and also maybe a little bit foolhardy at times on his part. Um, I just, I like I said, it's just the whole idea is so hysterical. I mean, just could, like, could you imagine Jar Jar coming in? talking like he did one moment, and then the next moment, yes, it was all me. <laughs> I was behind this whole plan. Just, you know, suddenly... Twisting his mustache as he goes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, it's just hilarious. That's why I love... I just love the theory for that. No bad guys need to be Jar Jar. Right? <laughs> so, I think, as crazy as it is, it is an incredibly in-depth theory. I very much encourage you to read it. Um, we'll also post a link on our Instagram, um, same as the Twitter. It's at the underscore Geekiverse. Uh, it is very interesting and certain things that are mentioned that are not as significant but may end up being important if the, the theory actually holds weight. Um, I will say, after, I, after reading this article, Lord and I watched uh, the, the entire saga. We had planned on doing it leading up to Force Awakens anyway. But I encourage you, watch episode one again. See, look at Jar Jar and... Tell yourself he's Palpatine's boss, which is nuts, right? <laughs> it's crazy to watch. It really is. He everything that is in here seems justified. So I encourage you. If I know a lot of people are saying I'm not gonna watch episode one, that movie sucked. But guess what? <laughs> it gives this you new light. Mm-hmm. takes be, away that edge and makes it a little darker. I want to be one of the people that can actually sit down and watch these things and go, hey. <laughs> I got this idea. <laughs> we need our own theories. Right? You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's, that's incredible that somebody could pull that out of that and go, yeah, this is, and, and make it legitimate. Well, because yes. you kind of wonder where Jar Jar comes from. Like, is he honestly supposed to just be that comic relief? Like, did he really just create him to be this that's the question. character? And that is all, that doesn't seem... Yeah, but, I mean, here's the thing. Again, I go back to the, I go back to the CG in 1 through 3 is there's a cool sense of humor and campiness about 4 through four through 6, right? And when you, when you move to a, a deeper subject, the, redemption, the, the creation of Vader mm-hmm. that leads to the redemption later, um, and, and you're 
you're doing all this stuff with green screen, it's it's harder to get that campiness. It's harder to get, you know? So I think that they needed to create sort of a, a, um, a character that could bring some fun to it. Like, that, I mean, that's the thing about four through six is they're fun. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're fun movies. Totally. And I think that I think that one through three is less fun. I don't think they're supposed to be fun. Right. I agree. And, and Lucas has admitted that plenty of times. That I agree with that. Episode two was to be dark. Episode three was to be really dark. And it sounds funny, but sacrifice that that PG ratings. Every Star Wars up until three. So you're going four, five, six, one, two, where PG. Episode three was PG thirteen mm-hmm. because of the Anakin lava scene, which is intense. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Force Awakens, for what it's worth, is also uh, well. And there's there. There's this push that I don't understand. There's and and I wrote about it in something. One of the articles I wrote. <laughs> um, it's somewhere online, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we promise. It is, this this sort of this sort of uh, evolution to darkness in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Um, the the Christopher Nolan Batman, way darker than you know. Like I I thought the Michael Keaton Batman one and one and two, they were dark too, but then then they got ridiculous with George Clooney and and uh, Val Kilmer, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then we turned to Christian Bale darkness. Then we just jumped into um, uh, James Bond after that. Daniel Craig James Bond, uh, Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace, dark, yeah. dark. Like, and I think that uh, um, Skyfall is the best of the James Bond movies because it got back to the James Bond principles. But there's a darkness there, and then you start to look at the stuff that's on TV now. You know, I mean, all of this stuff. There's this push towards grittiness. Yeah. Gotham, yeah, per- perfect example. Gotham is Gotham is gorier than. Criminal Minds. Brutal. Right, like the the violence. And then I think you and I talked about it briefly, or or maybe it was you and I, I don't don't remember, but the the costumes in the the Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. They're wearing these ridiculous kind of period costumes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the juxtaposition for the unbelievable violence. I'm not sure why that shows on at 8 o'clock. I feel like that's a 10 o'clock show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's so glorious. So there's this whole kind of push towards this gritty dark side of everything and and, yep. uh, and that's what happened you know you had the nice campy fun four through six and then one two three starts and moves darker 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 interesting that they took you know when he was like I want to do a prequel he picks Darth Vader to do the prequel mm-hmm. instead of Obi-Wan Kenobi or you know what I mean like he he chose the, the dark yes. subject matter which he had thought from the beginning right. that Star Wars is really the story of Darth Vader it he and in public, and maybe he changed his mind many times on that. But he said it's really the tragedy of Darth Vader. But it was six you films, know, like like four through six. That it no. wasn't. You know, but like look, I didn't see it that way. Right, which is crazy. And he owns a ranch called Skywalker Ranch, <laughs> and I own a little house that's. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Right, and again, four billion reasons to do what he wants. Right, right? so I I couldn't agree more. It's crazy, and you're right with the darkness thing, and maybe that's where I mean, we talked about it earlier. Is dark. Sure, right? right? Got them. I think that's... People respond to that. They see their favorite comic book characters or, you know, like Batman wasn't so serious at first and now it's dark and it's cool and it's sleek and Suicide Squad is going to be that way. And right. well, Harley Quinn is this goofy character but not in Suicide Squad, it looks like. It looks like she's... 
next X-Men got dark in its, yeah. in its first uh, in, his, in his first three movies, it got dark with the whole mutant registration act, right. you know. And now we're headed into civil war so with, symmetry, the, yeah. with the superhero registration act, and, and they're going to be registering right, Jedi suit. This is a huge, huge. I mean, this is going to turn into a political argument. I mean, people are yeah. going to, you know, they're they're going to use Marvel as a illustration for the badness of government or whatever, you know. Like, and it, you know, I don't, I, I don't know why, I don't understand it. We look at it for what it's worth and, and what it, it is. You know, I think it, it stays fun. Gritty, gritty, gritty. But and you're right. So, and I wonder why. I wonder how much of an effect that has on on people's day to day lives. Mm -hmm. When all you see is is you know shows like Criminal Minds where every bad guy is worse than the last bad guy. You know, it's it's, it's hard. Some of those episodes of Criminal Minds, I have to walk away from. Like, I, I can't. Sometimes I have a hard enough time with, with Gotham, and it's only Gotham. very short-lived. Have you ever seen enough. Hannibal? Yeah, Hannibal. I never watched it once, because I knew, yeah. you know, like, I, I read Silence of the Lambs, and I read yeah. all of those books, and I... Uh, Hannibal's I, another one where... Yeah, just like, ugh, I can't watch that. Or I want to actually meet those writers with regards to that one, because who comes up with this stuff? Well, I, seriously, Crazy. Criminal Minds... Close the door to the writer's room and put a padlock on it because those people should not be allowed in public. <laughs> they're deranged. Yeah. They're deranged. So it's true. <laughs> just talk about this stuff and not make it up, right? Right. Um, but I think that's a. Uh, I don't think we'll see that kind of greatness with Force Awakens. Though. I, I don't either. I think there is a dark undertone to it, but I think they've captured. Only speaking from the bunch of trailers we've seen what made that original trilogy so awesome. Showing the Millennium Falcon fly through with its new dish on there. Showing Han and Chewie at the end saying, you know, I think we're home. Mm -hmm. Come on. Right. I mean, they're, right. they're doing a good job. And there's that. certainly the, there's a, there's a, that campiness when... Uh, BB-8, too. When Han... BB-8 yeah. is hilarious. Freaking adorable. And, and when, uh, when Han hands the... Uh, the lightsaber or whatever it says, I think you're going to need this kid or something like that. You know, like there's there's more of that campiness that's um, yeah that's yeah. that was prevalent in the first uh, the first three films. Couldn't and, agree more. And J.J. Abrams has a track record of really balancing um, gravity, like seriousness and lightheartedness with his productions. I agree. Well, Which is why it's the most hyped film mm -hmm. in your lifetime. <laughs> first. I think Jaws was mine. <laughs> So from Jaws to The Force Awakens, I think that's all the time we have for today. Um, check us out on, on social media, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Geekiverse. Twitter is at the underscore Geekiverse. Same for Instagram. Um, and I, uh, I think we'll have some more fun talks here in the future. That's all we have for today. Signing out.